0: Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. The chase to get back to even continues, and I said this yesterday, I don't Want to jinx myself, but folks, we've got a wee bit of momentum building on our side. We're now six and one in our last seven picks. Still, we're gonna stay humble. You look at the overall record 12 and 16 overall, down 2.12 units for the event. Has me asking myself, what was I doing during week number one? But again, a wee bit of momentum building down the home stretch of the year's final slam, of course, on today's show. I want to look at day 11 of the 2022 U.S. Open. We have reached the semifinal round of singles competition. Things start out with the women's singles semifinals. And even before we get into the picks perspective, you look at our two matchups. Iga Swiatek, the world number one, she's now reached the semifinals in Australia, obviously won the French Open title semifinals at the U.S. Open as well. She has nearly double the amount of points of second-place own Jabour in the 2022 points race this season. And I will marvel about the fact that Caroline Garcia is 31-4 and four in her last 35 matches at some point on this podcast. It's worth pointing out that even with the losses at Wimbledon and Warsaw and Toronto and Cincinnati, Iga Swiatek is also, I was told on Twitter, 31-4 and four overall in her last 35 five matches. Just another fun fact to throw in to Iga Swiatek, who has unequivocally been the best player in the world uh, throughout the course of this season. Of course, she is taking on the only back-to-back U.S. Open semifinalist in the field in Arena Sabalenka, who just continues to play better and better with every passing match. Of course, in her semifinal, she was dominant on Wednesday. A straight set victory over Karolina Pliskova, and yes, that second set was tight, But if you actually watch the match, as I'll discuss on today's mini-break podcast, you'll know that Sabalenka was in command throughout the course of the second set. It really did feel like when, not if, she was going to get that break of serve, and of course, it came ultimately in a tiebreaker, but... To me, I never had a doubt that Arena Sabalenka was going to ultimately win that match in straight sets. When she's serving as well as she is, she's just a problem for any opponent that she faces. And of course, we've talked about this statistic of Sabalenka of late. I believe it's her last five or six matches. I'll double check at some point in this pod. I have the stat. I'll go look at it at some point. But her last five or six losses at the Slams have all been in three sets. And yes, Iga has blitzed her three times already this season. But it's a different Sabalenka. Blanca in New York over her past five matches, so I am fascinated by semifinal number one. Of course, semifinal number two features probably the hottest player on the WTA Tour. Of course, I'm referring to Caroline Garcia, who 31-4, and 4, I don't know if you heard, in her last 35 matches, Cincinnati Tennis Champion. She's yet to drop a set in New York. The most she's dropped, seven games in a match thus far. Her power tennis number one server on the WTA Tour, according to the whole Percentage metrics offered by our friends at Tennis Abstract. She's just blitzed every opponent she's faced of late with her. Just, again, all-consuming power tennis, the aggression she plays with her comfort level moving forward, her aggression on the return of serve standing inside the baseline to take these big cuts. Good luck throwing any sort of second serve at her. Caroline Garcia is playing better than anyone remaining in the women's singles draw, at least from an eye test perspective. But of course, she takes on arguably the most consistent player, not of the 2022 season, although she's certainly top three, but the most consistent player maybe since two or resumed in August 2020. Of course, I'm referring to 2022 Wimbledon finalist and number two in the points race, Own Jabur, who continues to get better and better with every passing season. The combination of physicality, creativity, aggression. She can just do a little bit of everything, even if plan number A, you know, Plan A for – plan number A. Plan A, hey, great shot for own Jabur May not be as overwhelming as a Svantec, as a Garcia, as a Sabalenka, but the totality of things and the floor of Jabir, match in, match out, you just feel like plans B, C, D for her. She's got a bunch of options, and she showed those options off and ultimately earning a straight set quarterfinal win over Isla Tomjanovic. Again, five minutes into this introduction, I've laid out the statistical case. I've laid out the stats for each of these players this year. How can you not be enticed by our day 11 matchups, our women's single semifinals for a slam that came in with so much uncertainty these semifinals make sense. I know that's weird to say, but they really do. Again, I, I just laid the track record for each of these players. Yes, Sabalenka's been the hottest and cold, run the hottest and coldest of the group, but we all know her upside to see her in a second consecutive US Open semifinal, her third slam semifinal in her past 5 majors is that that shocking to anyone? It shouldn't be, certainly not to a listener of a daily preview podcast. So looking at tomorrow's matches, whether it be the money lines, whether it be the game spreads, the totals, the prop bets, looking at all of it, it's just tough to make decisions for today's show. That said, our quest to breaking even full circle here continues as we will. And this 2022 U.S. Open. If not, even from a record perspective, 500 in terms of same amount of wins as losses, at least even from a unit's perspective. Let's get back to plus territory and two wins on day number 11 would allow us to do just that. I will explain what I mean by getting into my aces of the day. I've got two of them for you here on day number 11. Of course, I'll break down each of our two matchups as we do only have two of them. I imagine I'll spend about 10 minutes on Each of them, of course, the reason we're able to do that on this Ace of the Day segment, the reason we've been able to record. Now, I believe this is our tenth of the week. It's day eleven. We didn't record a pod as we were on the road back from Cleveland for day number one. We did offer picks on day number one, but again, tenth podcast here. All of that provided by our friends at DraftKings, and of course, if you go to DraftKings today, use our promo code AOD bet one dollar get one hundred dollars in free bets. Of course, it's opening weekend of the. The NFL season coming up in a couple of days. You can find everything you're looking for, not only from a tennis perspective, and not just the U.S. Open, by the way, but Challengers Futures events happening around the world this week as well. You can find just about every sporting event offered on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, go there today. Use our promo code AOD. That's an acronym for Ace of the Day. Use that promo code AOD. Bet $1. Get $100 in free bets restrictions do apply shout out though to our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook we are happy to have them back on board with that said I'm gonna try and make a case for my aces of the day on day number 11 you listeners can let me know how I do by tweeting at me at a.lgruskin let's start with ace number one a money line parlay it's an all favorites parlay simply put I like Iga I like Caroline Garcia. Caroline and let's start with the Garcia side of the equation. You look for Caroline Garcia. She's a minus 175 money line favorite tomorrow, according to our friends at DraftKings. Now, she's a 33.2% underdog, according to Tennis Abstract. But of course, that Tennis Abstract number due to the totality of success Jabor has had in comparison to Garcia, not over the past few months, but over the past few seasons. Of course, why am I rolling with Caroline Garcia? Well, I've mentioned all of the numbers already you look for Garcia who's now 39 and 15 overall in this 2022 season she's 31 and 4 in her last 35 matches now she's lost 17 sets in those 35 matches and that includes I suppose the 10 she lost in just straight up or the 8 she lost in straight up losses so she has nine three set victories during this course of time Some opponents have been able to play her close, but the persistence of of the – or the persistent aggression, I should say, of Caroline Garcia continues to win out. And in particular, it's the hot start she gets off to, how that aggression manifests itself and allows her to build momentum early in matches. I point to the Bianca Andrescu match earlier in this event. Andrescu, you know – or excuse me, Garcia, it was either a three-love or four-love lead in the opening set. Andrescu able to—oh, no, 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 excuse me. Garcia gets off to an opening break in set number one. Andrescu gets that break right back. Ultimately, Garcia gets the break for 4-2 and holds on from there. But the key thing, same thing, start of the second set. Garcia breaks to hold, Andrescu gets the break back, and it looks like she's finally starting to build some momentum, and in the very next service game, Garcia gets a third break to open the set, and from there is kind of on cruise control with her aggression. Same thing against Coco Goff. She roared out to a four-love lead, immediately got the break. Goff had game points in the opening game of set number two on serve, but Garcia, a couple of big returns at the feet of Coco Goff, ultimately draw errors, and from there, Caroline Garcia is cruising up a break she just gets to use that number one serve on the WTA tour and you look for Caroline Garcia she is holding serve now 79.8 percent of the time 1.1 percent better than number two Ludmilla Samsonova now just shy of that elite 80 percent club where prime Naomi Osaka prime Serena Williams hang out but 79.8 I'll round up if all of you listeners are willing to allow me as well. You also look for Caroline Garcia. She was 5-4 and four against top 20 competition, entering this week's uh, this U.S. Open action. Of course, you look for Garcia. Uh, she has only faced one top 20 opponent in her run. It was Coco Goff, but to beat her in the definitive nature that she did speaks to the level Garcia is playing right now. Of course, you look for Caroline Garcia now overall on the year, a remarkable, Rise. She's up to number five in the points race. She started the year nine and 11 overall, but with this 31 and four run, up to number five in the points race, back into the top 10. She's currently sitting at number 10 in the live rankings. And again, in this 31 and four run, and it wasn't quite like the Samsonova and Para runs we saw earlier this season. And by the way, you look for Garcia. She's now won 13 consecutive matches, which is tied for the second longest win streak on the WTA Tour this season, trailing only Iga Fiantex from earlier in the year. It's who Garcia's beaten in this win streak, though. Sakari, Pagula, Sabalenka, Andrescu, and now Goff. Those are, f- as f- you know, put those five wins up a up against any non-Iga Swiatek or Ashley Barty, five wins that any player has this season. Of course, Garcia also beat Fiantech on clay courts in Warsaw, the only player you can say that about. She's got good wins over Raducanu, Saribas Tormo, Alize Corneille as well. It's a variety of game styles, a variety of high-level players, and again, her aggression, her serve, her willingness to move forward, how fit she is right now, it's just allowing her to win out across the board. And again, with my eyes, she has been the player playing best at this 2022 U.S. Open. Um, of course, she's got a, a tough test tomorrow in a player in Jabur who has had more recent slam success than Caroline Garcia. Now, you look overall in their careers, I do think it's worth noting that Caroline Garcia, in terms of round of 16, she's made now seven of them at the Slams in her career. She's made three total quarter – excuse me, two total quarterfinals. You look for Owens Jabir for what it's worth. Uh, Jabir overall at the Slams, yes, she's had the more recent uh, Slam success. Obviously, Wimbledon finals this season and what she was able to do last season at the Slams as well. But you look for Owens Jabir in her career – six round of 16. So it's not fair to say Owen Jabir is prohibitively the more experienced player at the later rounds of the slams, even though she has the singles final in her career. It's worth noting, Caroline Garcia has won a slam title in doubles. So she has played in a slam final in her career. Now, of course, the numbers for Jabir are outstanding, no matter how you want to cut it. You look for her this season. She's 42 and 13 overall. That's a 70, excuse me, 43 and 13, I believe, overall. That's a win percentage. She's 103 and 38 since August 2020. That's a 74% win percentage. She's 17 and 15 against top 20 opponents during that stretch of time. So it's not as though she's playing a cupcake schedule, right? You look at her total matches at what 141 and 32 of them have come, uh, 33, I suppose, now have come against top 20 opponents. That's what. 3 divided by 14, a little less than 20%, like right around 20%. And she's Playing those players over 500. That's how you sustain yourself as a not just a top 20, but a top 10 player in the world. And you look for Shabur seven and six overall this season against the top 20. It's worth noting she didn't earn a single top 20 victory at the 2022 Wimbledon run, um, which speaks to her success at some of the other events she's played this season. And of course, Shabur, you know, can match Garcia's run at Cincinnati with her run in Madrid earlier this season. Of course, she made the final in Rome as well before getting knocked out by Ega. And she was one of the top contenders entering the 2022 U.S. Open. She's been a top five at worst top 10 contender at every major this season. Of course, she's had two bad losses this year. First round, Daria Seville, Indian Wells, three sets. First round, French Open, Magda Lynette, three sets. That's it. She's had two bad losses this year. It's pretty freaking solid. That's how you become the number two player in the points race. And again, as exceptional as Garcia has been, statistically, Jabir has been better this season. Jabir, one of nine players in the women's game to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage. And as elite as Garcia has been, and again, her serve, her forehand is the single, you know, the two most elite skills on the court in this matchup. That's why I'm backing her to give you the big picture, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I suppose. Um, But Jabir is better as a, you know, Caroline Garcia amongst uh, top 50 players this season on the WTA Tour in terms of her break percentage, she ranks 50th amongst top 50 players. she's Now, that break percentage is better coming out of this U.S. Open, but she breaks serve under 30% of the time. She was at 26.8 coming into this week's action. The average of a top 50 player is 36%. So she's not just worse. She's over 5% worse than your average top 50 player on the return of serve. Now, again, that margin is negated by her success on the serve. But let's be clear. She is a streaky returner who's able to be aggressive of late, of late because she uh, is clicking so well in in her service games. Onjabur is going to put pressure on her across the board because Onjabur is good at serving, Jabur is good at returning you know own is going to do things to make Caroline Garcia uncomfortable Jabur will play the slice to get the ball out of Garcia's strike zone Jabur will play the short angles to get Garcia stretched outside of the center of the court to make it a little less easy for her to find obvious ways to attack own and again Jabur with her different spot, uh, slices which her ability to take the return on the rise she'll just take time away from caroline garcia not allow her to swing as freely as often as some of her opponents have in this event that said why i'm backing caroline garcia is because of those two overwhelming weapons yes Jabur is a good returner she's not an elite returner you know she's not top 10 in-break percentage this season. And with all due respect, I think her forehand backswing in particular can get a little bit big. As such, I think the power uh, and the action behind that Caroline Garcia first serve will just prevent Jabir from stepping up and taking her returns early and on the rise as she likes to do. I think in particular, that forehand will be compromised. I think Jabir will still have some success on the backhand wing, though less success than she's accustomed to having. I also just think from the a groundstroke perspective when the ball is coming at you that much bigger it's a lot harder to play the slice play the drop shot play the short angle because you just don't have as much time and again that pace is overwhelming you got to shorten your backswing and just focus on generating depth in response less so than the angle you're trying to produce I just like the plan A of Caroline Garcia better than the B, C, and D that I think Jabir will be able to throw at her at times. And again, why I'm staying away from the game spread in this match and not hedging with Jabir as well, because if you were asking me to pick a game spread, I would probably take Jabir at plus three and a half games. I do think she's going to keep this match close. I don't think she's played particularly well thus far at this US Open and even her straight set win over Tamjanovic she comes back from 3-5 down in the first set she really wasn't finding easy plus one attacking opportunities and part of that has to do with the defensive skills of Ila Tamjanovic but i just don't think there's as much sting right now on the Jabur forehand as Jabur would like i don't think she's serving particularly well either you know that set and because of that That said, I I do think she's going to put returns in court. I do think how she hits the ball, how low it stays, different angles she'll have Garcia hitting from will make Garcia uncomfortable at times and will break Garcia's rhythm at times. But the key phrase there is at times. I think Garcia wins this match. I think she wins it. You know, I think it's two tight sets. So that's why I take the Jabir plus three and a half games. But if you like Garcia minus one and a half sets at plus 115, I don't hate that, you know, if you want to go over half a tie break, Garcia-Jabr plus 200, I could see a 7-6 set in there and them just keeping pace on serve. And, you know, because Jabr is a successful server, the variety she's able to throw at uh, Garcia as a server and, you know, her prowess and efficiency of her plus one play, that it makes Garcia uncomfortable as a returner, that Garcia is not able to separate early on. But I think Caroline Garcia wins this match. There's a reason she's minus 175. There's a reason she's now a betting favorite with Iga Svantec in terms of the future's odds. Again, I think this match is close. I think there's a lot of holds of serves under six and a half breaks in this match. Minus 130 is an interesting prop bet. Over two and a half sets, plus 125. Over 21 and a half games is minus 110. If you want to take the extra game, minus 20 and a half games, a reasonable minus 140 but I'm going to stick with the Garcia money line. Again, she has played better with my eyes, better than anyone else. So I'm going to take her to cover the money line minus 175. Now that's too much juice to bet on its own. And therefore it's going to be parlayed with the igush Svantec money line. And this, you know, Ace number one bleeds into ace number two, because I am going to do a little bit of hedging. I'll explain how, but, you know, ace number one is if you parlay that minus 175 with the minus two, interesting. Igor Svantec has vacillated from minus 200 to minus 225 to minus 245, now down to minus 200. That is interesting to me. And so as of recording this, it'll look wrong on the West Off graphic. It's because it came after the fact. But I'm going to throw that money line into the parlay instead of the minus 245 I saw listed earlier. It's a plus 135 parlay when you parlay Shvantec with Sabalenka. And look, when I say I'm partially hedging, I'm taking the Shvantec money line. I'm taking the Sabalenka game spread. Here's why. Iga Shvantec is 3-0. and Against Arena Sabalenka this season, and you look for Sviantek. Those three matches weren't particularly close. Iga two and three in Doha, two and two in Stuttgart, two and one in Rome. Honestly, Stuttgart with the indoor clay courts being a little faster might be the surface most similar to these U.S. Open courts. And look, Iga served, or excuse me, Sabalenka did not serve well in any of her matches against Iga, even in Doha. She made seventy three percent of her first serves, but won fewer than forty percent of her first uh, of her service points in the match. E is uh, just serving better than that at this twenty twenty two U.S. Open. She's been under ten double faults in four of her five matches, and yes, maybe I'm jinxing it right there, and maybe Sabalenka is due for a poor serving performance. That's why I'm backing the Ega money line, but with the power tennis, Sabalenka is able to play. You just play on Sabalenka's terms, regardless of who you are as her opponent, because she'll go from a remarkable stretch of play to not making more than three balls in a rally for seven consecutive points. And even if you're Iga Swiatek, how do you find your rhythm against that sort of opponent? The answer is you don't. And with how well Sabalenka serves, I think on this surface, her serve into the Swiatek forehand is a problem for Iga. Sabalenka is going to swing aggressively and go for her shots, regardless of what Iga is doing. And I think you need to do that when you're playing Iga Swiatek. It's also worth noting Sabalenka beat Iga in Guadalajara last year, albeit a three-set win. But... Sabalenka's lost three blowout matches so far this year. Do you really think it's going to be a fourth? Now, if your answer is yes, again, we're going to hedge. And we're going to take that Shvantec money line and parlay it with Caroline Garcia because Iga Shvantec played her best match of the tournament in a straight set victory over Jessica Pagula on day number 10, an event uh, I will certainly uh, be able to be a uh, speak about on our mini-break podcast later uh, in the day. But you could tell in the post-match press conference, Iga was more satisfied with her performance against Pagula, a straight-set victory, than she was in any match she had competed in so far in the event. And certainly Pagula was the first top 50 player she had played in the draw, the first top 10 player she had played in the draw, the first seeded player she had played in the draw. But everything was working much better for Iga, how measured she was, how she was able to create with her plus one forehand, how solid the backhand wing was. It didn't spray at all. The forehand sprayed less than usual. And again, Iga is going to be able to throw some plus one power at Sabalenka as well. Iga is a generational returner. She's breaking serve over 50% of the time. She will work her way into Sabalenka's service games, and if Sabalenka offers anything for free, you know, Iga is the perfect player to capitalize on a wave of double faults because she's going to hurt you in a service game even if you're making your serves. That said, Sabalenka makes enough for serves that I don't care who you are as a returner. You're just in trouble when she's throwing 115-plus mile per hour heat your way, particularly at the Ega forehand so while I think this match is going to be close and again Ega now a minus 200 favorite 77.2 percent favorite according to the tennis abstract singles forecast and for what it's worth because it's always worth remembering Ega 54 and 7 she's won 89 percent of her matches this year 19 six love sets overall on the season I think Ega wins I think backhand to backhand, she's one of the few players who can play Sabalenka even. I think the way Sviantek changes direction on that backhand, the angle and how she attacks the outer third and spreads the court, as good of a mover as Sabalenka is, she just won't allow Sabalenka to create as freely from the center of the court and has the sort of movement skills and defensive skills to absorb and redirect some of Sabalenka's pace uh, in ways Sabalenka's opponents just haven't been able to thus far. I think Ego wins the match. But I think Sabalenka, who has lost her last—it is uh, six matches at the Slams in three sets, and I'll run them through uh, you—through them for all of you right now. You look for Arena Sabalenka, three-set loss to Georgie at Roland Garros, three-set loss to Kanapi Australian Open, three-sets Leila, U.S. Open last year, Pliskova, three-sets, Pavlachenkova three-sets, Serena, three-sets. Actually, their last seven matches is Onjabur, also three-sets as well. I think Sabalenka keeps this one close. It wouldn't even shock me as Iga has come out to some slow starts if the Sabalenka serve overwhelms the forehand of Iga Svantec at first before Iga is able to adjust, but... I do think Iga ultimately is able to adjust. I think she wins the match, so we'll parlay her minus two hundred money line with Garcia's minus one seventy five plus one thirty five odds. I like that. We'll throw the full unit to win one point three five. But we're taking Sabalenka to keep it close again. Plus four and a half games. That's minus one thirty five odds. That's way too low. So we're going to throw the full one point three five on it to win one unit. Let's take Iga to win, but her to do it in three sets. And by the way, if that's just the bet you want to make, Iga. Sabalenka plus 125 to go over two and a half sets, minus 130 at over 20 and a half games, minus 105 at 21 and a half, which it certainly would if it goes three sets. Sabalenka to win a set, uh, plus 155. I'm rolling with he got to win. I'm taking Sabalenka, though, to keep the match close. Aces of the day again. The Sviante-Garcia money line parlay, plus 135, one unit to win 1.35. Sabalenka, though, to keep it close, plus four and a half games, minus 135, 1.35 to win one unit. Those are my previews and predictions for day number 11 of the 2022 U.S. Open. Of course, if you'd like to hear a recap of everything that's happened in New York, head on over to our mini break podcast feed. We've recapped every day day of the event. You can find all of those episodes wherever you listen to your podcast or on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings. Remember, use the promo code AOD bet one dollar to get $100 in free bets. With that said, for our super producer Danny West off our friends at DraftKings and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network I'm your host Alex Gruskin you know what we say may the odds be ever in your favor good luck everyone